Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today. Thanks for being back with us. We are an Odyssey original podcast. You can also hear the show on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and also early in the morning on Sunday, 11.40 a.m. The Bet as well. Yes, over the airwaves, you can check out your Raiders and listen to us. Do us a favor, though. If you don't subscribe to the podcast already, we'd really appreciate it if you do that. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search for Silver and Black today and then turn on the auto downloads. That way, anytime and every time we publish a new episode, guess what? It's going to be right there for you. So we appreciate you doing that. And I say we because it's not just me. It also includes my broadcast partner, Mr. Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report and also the Raiders columnist up on SportsNot.com where you can read both of our work can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and the show is S-N-B, the three letters, today, which you can also follow us on TikTok and Instagram, where you can check us out as well, too. So, Mo, here we go. Uh, not much going on in the NFL uh, Wednesday, coming into Thursday, right? Nothing, no, no big news or anything? Uh, oh, wait, wait, yeah, Tom Brady retired. And an emotional Instagram post on Wednesday morning, yesterday morning, Tom Brady said, hey, I'm out for good. And I guess we got to believe him. It's not boxing. So I don't think he's going to come back three times. But uh, God, he said he wasn't going to get emotional and then started to get emotional towards the end. Uh, first, let's we're going to get to what this means for the Raiders, of course. But first, let's talk about, because I know you spent all day Wednesday with Bleacher Report writing a million stories about Tom Brady. But let's talk about Tom Brady's legacy. I mean, yes, seven Super Bowls. We know what he did. But now the NFL, this is a big uh, page turning for the NFL, Mo. I mean, for Tom Brady to step aside, one of the greats, the last of his generation, the Peyton Mannings of that era, those guys that all, uh, Drew Brees, they're all gone now from the game with Tom Brady stepping away. Uh, what did Tom Brady mean for the NFL? What is his overall legacy outside of just the Super Bowls? Winning, dedication, and discipline. Mm. If I were to sum it up, winning obviously has seven rings. Dedication because the guy, I mean, let's be honest, the guy's lost his marriage for this, <laughs> if you <laughs> think about it, um, which is why I thought he would come back for another year because of all the turmoil he went through in his personal life to to get back on the field and play another year. Well, he did say he wanted to play until he was 45, and he, he made it there. 
and discipline. A lot of people make fun of him for way he takes care of his body during the season. But Mr. Avocado Ice Cream, I mean, as I've said <laughs> in previous shows, he hasn't missed a game due to injury since 2008, which is remarkable for a guy who played up until he was 45 years old. So you have young guys coming to the league, their bodies are falling apart. And sometimes injuries are, you can't avoid injuries and it has nothing to do with conditioning, just, you know, physical football game wear and tear on the body. But he took, he spent, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that he spent millions on his body to keep his body right. Kind of reminds me of LeBron James in the NBA. Those guys are basically Ironman to go from start off from where they were and to continue playing without a lot of dips in their, in their uh, play on the field as far as availability is concerned. But the question is, I mean, the question that always comes up, uh, up is, is he the greatest of all time? And I think when you think about that title, when you think about the GOAT title, um, you have to look at winning. Absolutely. You have to look at that, right? I mean, there's been great quarterbacks in the history that we've talked about, uh, the Dan Marinos of the world who never won a Super Bowl, but were one of the greats for sure. Tom Brady, because of his longevity, because of his seven rings, because of what he was able to do and how he was able to do it, to your point about the discipline, is there any question in your mind that he is the greatest quarterback till this point in NFL history? Definitely that I've seen with my own eyes. I, I hate comparing guys who I've watched versus guys who I haven't watched. Mm -hmm. Only been on this earth for about close 37 years now. And Tom Brady, among the quarterbacks that I've watched with my own two eyes, Tom Brady is the best quarterback uh, in football in, in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to, if of course, we're on a Raiders podcast, so a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fans are not, are not going to agree with that. But in terms of winning, in terms of what he's done with his career, it's got to be up there at number one. And, and a lot of folks, I think a lot of detractors for Tom Brady bring up the fact that, okay, he played in a bad division for all those years, which is absolutely true. Uh, he played for Bill Belichick, system quarterback. He dumped the ball off a lot. He was, you know, checked down the thing that Derek Carr used to get criticized for all the time. Check down passes, all this kind of stuff. To me, I don't buy it because guess what? You can be in a bad division. Yes, you get a little bit of an easier road, but you still got to win the games. You still got to win the Super Bowls. You still got to win the AFC championships. I know uh, when you're talking about the tuck rule and all that jazz that Raider fans are still fired up for many of them who weren't even alive or children at the time. Um, but nonetheless, I think that you look at what he was able to do and and you could not like him. That's totally fine. Just like and I talk about it with you all the time here on the show. I don't like the New York Yankees. In fact, I despise the New York Yankees, but I respect 27 championships and I respect players that played in the past, including Reggie Jackson, including Derek Jeter. I can respect those guys and not like them. Uh, and I think with Tom Brady, if you don't like him, that's fine. But there's no way you can argue with me that he is not the best guy of his generation and that he is not someone who worked his tail off to earn everything he got. I don't care about calls. I don't care about that, Jazz. That's one game. Overall, this guy earned it. Definitely earned it, and that's why, to tie us back into the Raiders, this is why I felt like Tom Brady was the best pops possible option as the Raiders are planning to pivot away from Derek Carr because I felt like he was the one free agent option. I said free agent option, mm -hmm. not trade. He was the one free agent option I felt like the Raiders could possibly upgrade at the quarterback position simply because Tom Brady knows Josh McDaniel's system and, again, what he's accomplished. So without Tom Brady now in the picture – I tweeted out on Wednesday that it seems more likely to me that Jared Stidham is going to be or could be should be in the running to be the starting quarterback for 2023. And I know that's not going to excite a lot of fans, but going back to a, a quarterback plan for the Raiders, as you know, I'm not I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo guy too hurt for my <laughs> too many injuries too hurt for my liking. The guy right now is, is recovering from a broken foot. Mm -hmm. He's he misses too much time every other season. So what I could see happening now that Tom Brady's out of the picture, the Raiders go with Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's been with Josh McDaniels over the last four years going back to New England. So he's comfortable in that system. He just needs more playing experience. And then the Raiders draft the quarterback in the first round, which you would have as a Jared Stidham in a rookie battle, but in, in a full-blown quarterback competition in the offseason. Again, I know that doesn't sound great for a guy like Devontae Adams, or Josh Jacobs, if they resign him, or Raider fans who want to go to games and expect to win a lot of games. But this is the likely path because 
if you think about it, what are the other options? Jacoby yeah. Brissett, a lot of people say Brissett, but as I said, as I said, Jarrett Stidham has been with Josh McDaniels for the last four years. Brissett hasn't played under McDaniels since I think 2016. Yeah. And as I said, I don't like the Jimmy Garoppolo option because of the injuries are concerned. Jarrett Stidham, to me, barring a trade, a blockbuster trade for Aaron Rodgers, reuniting him with Devontae Adams, Jarrett Stidham, to me, is a front runner for the spot or a rookie coming out of the draft. Right. And and I think that, you know, we, we talked about it on the show last week, or excuse me, last Tuesday, this past couple days ago. And that's what I said I hoped that they had done. And, and you had advocated for Brady and thought that was the best route. And I said, no, we got to go big, bold in the draft. I mean, that means even if you got to move up in the draft, if you like those guys. See, I, we don't know. Here's the thing. We're all guessing whether or not uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels like one of the top three quarterbacks. Now, there's a couple other quarterbacks. You talk about Richardson, some of those guys later uh, in the second, third round. But overall, the three big guys, Levis, Stroud, and Young, we don't know how they feel about them. They might not like them and, and go offensive line or defensive line in the first round. Totally fine, whatever. But if they do like one of those guys, then moving up to get them makes sense. But I don't like putting the pressure on that rookie, even if they're taken in the in the first five picks, to, to have to come in and start on a team that's trying to turn it around, especially when you're going to re rejigger that offensive line. So to me, yeah, having Jarrett Stidham there, and then maybe they do get another veteran to push him, not a Garoppolo, not that level of guy, but somebody else to come in and push on Stidham and to have a third quarterback. I think with a rookie there, you might want a third quarterback um, uh, just in case of injury, right, to have a veteran in the building in case something happens. So we'll see what happens with there. But I think this whole Tom Brady thing, I saw a lot of Raider fans on Wednesday, Mo, when the announcement came out, like very jubilant and – while I understand the ribbing around the Tom Brady stuff and that they don't like Tom Brady, this actually puts the Raiders into a different position and a much more uncertain position at the quarterback position because the entire NFL believed that if Tom Brady was going to play, the Raiders had a pretty good chance. In fact, that they were the favorite to land him. So now that I w if I was a fan, I would be very, very careful about celebrating that you didn't get the greatest quarterback of all time. And instead, you might be with Jared Stidham, which after two weeks, if he doesn't perform well, then you're going to be screaming about why they don't have a quarterback. This is my thought. If you're going to take a step back and get a quarterback that's lesser than Derek Carr, then you go as cheap as you can. Yeah. And right. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to come cheap. He, he's played in the Super Bowl before. He has a lot of starting experience. So even though he's hurt a lot, He's going to command a decent salary. I could see him getting 25 to 30 million. A lot of people say that's preposterous because he's hurt right now. But again, once you take a quarterback off the market and, the, and there are less options, there are fewer options available, the quarterbacks who are available, their value goes up a bit. So on one hand, the Raiders lose one quarterback option. But on the other hand, I look at it also from a positive perspective. Now, Derek Carr's value goes up because now there's one mm -hmm. fewer quarterback available that's going to be available in the open market so one fewer team is going to get a quarterback this offseason so i feel like the trade value for Derek Carr goes up a bit also i won't talk about his pro bowl uh <laughs> trip because if you, you're not going to take follow, a victory lap no because if you follow the nfl and how the pro bowl is voted on you know the pro bowl is being being nominated to go to the pro bowl is not a big deal depending yeah. on what your numbers were i mean tyler hudley is going to the Pro Bowl, and he threw two <laughs> touchdown passes and three interceptions in four games. Right. If Tyler Hudley's getting into the Pro Bowl, then that no disrespect to Tyler Hudley, but it completely no. devalues the Pro Bowl. So I understand while Derek Carr can say, "I this is my fourth Pro Bowl," we understand that Derek Carr was benched at the end of the year for for reasons that the Raiders wanted to move on. We understand that Derek Carr didn't have one of his good years. And anybody who watched football knows that. So to me, the Pro Bowl nomination doesn't mean anything as far as Carr's value is concerned. What you're looking at is that now that Tom Brady's out of the picture, another team that may have targeted Tom Brady now can look to Derek Carr and say, we, we're willing to give up draft capital for him. It's interesting, too, because I wrote on SportsNot on Tuesday, and so so it, it, it goes to show you when you write in the journalism business, sometimes you can write something and the shelf life can be like an hour. And so I wrote a piece on Tom Brady was a better fit in San Francisco. And now he's out of the picture. San Francisco's in a tight position because they have two quarterbacks, Trey Lance, 
uh, and and Brock Purdy, both with injuries, both required surgery. Of course, Trey Lance is ahead on the re- rehab part of it because it happened early in the season, but it was an ankle break. So it's not like it was a, a, a small injury. And then you have the only injury for Brock Purdy. They, got, they have to be in the ve- veteran quarterback market. They have to be. So could you see Derek Carr in San Francisco? I don't think so, simply because of what they would have to pay Derek Carr. At this point, Derek Carr is the best free agent option that's going to be available. Because after Derek Carr, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. And Kyle Shanahan has already said he doesn't see a but scenario Mo, where what, what if they Garoppolo's traded? Back. What if they traded for him and then they just get that one year of the contract and then they can get out of it next year for $7 bucks? I, I just don't see it, simply because they... They gave up so much capital for Trey Lance. Remember, they mm-hmm, gave up mm-hmm. they gave up multiple draft picks, high draft picks for to get up for Trey Lance. I think if they get a veteran, it'll be a low cost veteran versus a, a guy like Derek Carr, who's probably at the top of the market. Because remember, they're gonna be bidding if if there is a bidding war or bidding competition for Carr, they're gonna be competing with other teams to to get the Raiders' ear, and the Raiders are gonna go for the best deal possible. And I sure. just don't see the 49ers going above and beyond to get a Derek Carr when they have two young guys, one who should be, they said both should be available by training camp. So it's right. it, it, it would be a different situation if Purdy was going to be out for the entire 2023 season, then I'd say possibility. But the fact that both of them should be ready for training camp lets me know that the 49ers are fine with going with the young guys because they trust Kyle Shanahan's play calling. I've watched several quarterbacks go to the 49ers and they've had their best years under Kyle Shanahan. It's really interesting, though, too, because, listen, Kyle Shanahan, I know he's gotten to the Super Bowl, hasn't won it. And some fans want to fire him over that, which is ridiculous. But nonetheless, he's gotten there. uh, And so he's not on any kind of hot seat, but certainly he wants to win. You have your windows, right, with with your guys. Now, even though with a young quarterback, he's got now two quarterbacks on rookie deals, one a ridiculous rookie deal because he was the last pick in the draft, making nothing, basically. So you look at their situation there, uh, and then you look at the Raiders situation where they're a little in a much different position. And so, yeah, trading uh, that out. And, and Mo, Mo, we heard right before we take the break. By the way, we're going to talk about free agent quarterbacks for the Raiders in the next segment uh, after we get through the break. But real quick, before we go to the break, Mo, the, the draft, we did hear Chicago looks to be saying, hey, Justin Fields is our guy, duh, which it should have been all along. And so they're looking to trade the number one pick in the draft. Um, I don't think the Raiders, we talked about it on Tuesday, I don't think the Raiders should do that. It would cost them too much. The question for you is what team that needs a quarterback and really wants that quarterback will trade for that number one pick? I think Indy is the leading candidate in my book because I think they're a little more desperate. Their owner is a little more of a wild card. Yeah, I would agree there simply also because a team could hop in front of Indy Remember, the Cardinals don't need a quarterback, and they're sitting at number three. So Indy has to look at it as if we stay put at number four and we like one of the one of our top one of two guys. What if Houston takes one guy, and then a team jumps in front of us, like the Panthers, mm-hmm. at number three, and takes the other guy? So Indy has to be proactive, in my opinion, because they don't want to. <laughs> if it is two quarterbacks that they like, and they're lukewarm on the third, you want to move up to make sure you get your guy. Absolutely. It should be interesting, though. I think the first round, we we say it every year that there might be some trades, but I think this year with the quarterbacks and the needs of these teams, there actually might be some some movement in that top five or top six. So it'll be exciting to watch. All right, we're going to step aside for our first break. When Mo and I come back, we're going to talk about free agent options. We dabbled in it a little bit there as we were talking about this Tom Brady news this week, but we're going to get into more specifics on some of the guys uh, that we could see in the silver and black now that Tom Brady is off the market. Make sure you don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Make sure you subscribe if you're not already doing it. If you're not doing it, we're going to send our guy Midtown Mo with his baseball bat, his baseball bat, his brass knuckles. And he's going to throw avocados at your head, too. So there you go. So make sure <laughs> you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. You can find us as well as subscribe and hit the notifications bell on YouTube if you are watching these mugs on the old interwebs. Thank you for being with us, guys. Uh, Scott Branson, Momo. And, of course, Mo is national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N on Twitter. I am at LV Gully. Okay, Mo, we talked about Tom Brady and how I thought, okay, he's not going to come to Las Vegas. So let's go on that premise and and and, and your dream doesn't become a reality and number 12 is not re- revisiting Las Vegas as a Raider. Uh, free agent quarterbacks. I said on Tuesday's show, I really believe that if they draft a young quarterback, they have to go with a guy who's really just a, a pretty good game manager turns the ball over as little as possible. When you're talking about some of these free agent quarterbacks that are out there, they tend to not, obviously they're, they're free agents and they're journeymen for a reason, but out of all those guys, and I kind of laughed at it a few weeks ago when somebody made the recommendation, but as I've kind of studied the numbers a little more, I really think a guy like Jacoby Brissett, if the Raiders really go high in the draft for a quarterback, that's the kind of guy you kind of have to get, right? You have to get somebody who can manage the game, you got, if you have re-signed Josh Jacobs, you can run the heck out of the ball. You have all kinds of weapons on offense. So, so the quarterback comes in uh, a little bit like Geno Smith did in, in Seattle where you have some good weapons there. He didn't – I mean, he had a good run, rookie running back, which helped significantly. So to me, tell me about that. When you look at that, that's my free agent pick. I know it's not sexy. But if you're Dave Ziegler and you're going to sign a free agent because you've drafted a young quarterback high in the draft, we're going on that premise, who is it? As far as, okay, this is this would be my point. I know you mentioned Jacoby Brissett, but yep. I would say Jared Stenham is a better, better option, option because okay, right, okay. simply because he's been in the system over the last since 2019. He's been under Josh McDaniels, so I know Jacoby Brissett played under Josh McDaniels years ago, 2016 maybe. Yeah, with the Patriots. But I, I would think that Jared Stenham would be the better option simply because in the last you know, three, four years, he's been in the same system. You can just continue to develop him. And he's more, he's a little more athletic than Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby right. Brissett can move, don't get me wrong, but Jared Stidham is a little more athletic than he is. But I agree with you in the fact that you you want to pair a veteran with a rookie. As I've said, as you, as you said, to me, C.J. Stroud is the guy. Now, I'm of, I'm of the belief that C.J. Stroud is going to go within the top five and the Raiders have to move up to get him. If the Raiders yep. don't move up, then I would be okay moving back for a guy like Anthony Richardson. And mm-hmm. I say that because he's probably going to need a year to develop. You have Jared Stidham there. You don't have to throw Anthony Richardson out right away. You can have him develop behind the scenes and, and work him into it. Or if he shows that he's ready to play in, in training camp, then you throw him out there. But I just feel like if you move back, Will Levis isn't going to be there because Will Levis, I think, is going to go in the top 10. But the Raiders don't. Let's say the Raiders don't like Will Levis, but they want a quarterback, but they don't want to go high with the quarterback. They'd rather go with an offensive tackle or a defensive player. Get an Anthony Richardson in the late first round, or as I said in the on Tuesday show, you can get Tanner McKee in maybe the second or third round. So, I, what I don't want the Raiders to do is to reach for a guy that they don't quote unquote love, unless they outright love a certain prospect. Right. I'm not reaching for that guy at number seven. No, no, and you you can't at number seven, and certainly not trade up. If if you're not, you have to absolutely believe that this is this is your, I know, bad comparison. This is your Patrick Mahomes. This is the guy you want to build your team around for the next ten to twelve years. Like no question, right? Right. Because I because I really quick I'll say that if you don't necessarily love any of the top quarterbacks in this draft class, I know it sounds painful, Raider fans, but you roll with a Jared Stidham, 
and then you pick high in the 2024 draft. <laughs> I get it. E- eating another bad year is not music to your ears, mm-hmm. but to me, I'd rather I'd rather eat a bad year with a quarterback that you <clears> may <throat> like more next year than you do this year. Because again, I'm not too excited about guys outside of the top two names mentioned in this draft class as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Well, and Mo, you could conceivably do what you recommend. And I, I think your recommendation is actually a good one, is 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 forego signing a veteran as a starter, go in with Stidham as your 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 presumptive starter, but then also sign the veteran cheap as a backup. So like think about, and I know he comes up a lot, but think about like an Andy Dalton, somebody like that who's not, you know, as a backup, you're fine with them. Right, you're not counting on them to do it, but look what happened in New Orleans. They were able to win. I know they didn't have a great season, but they were able to win some games because he was there. I'm not saying he's a guy who's going to come in and win eight, nine games for you. I'm just saying you can do a little bit of the both because you're going to have to have a backup anyway. And if you got a Stidham, who still to me is a young guy, uh, to have somebody there makes a lot of sense as well. So I, to me, that that's where you have you have so many areas to invest in and they have so many decisions to make, it's going to be fascinating to watch what they do there. The only risk there is that you don't want Devonta Adams to, to think, this plan sucks, I want out of Vegas. That's the only risk you <laughs> yeah. run when yeah. you start with going with a Jacoby Brissett or Jared Stidham as your presumptive star because yeah. Devonta Adams is looking at this quarterback plan like, you know, how does this benefit me in any type of way? Yeah. You're going to have to sell that long-term, not long-term, but you're going to have to sell that multi-year quarterback plan to him and say, look, it doesn't look sexy now, but 2024, that's where we're going to make our big move at quarterback. Now, the interesting question, before we before we go to the break and then get to our mailbag segment for the week, Mo, because um, we you talked about it on Tuesday's show briefly, but we haven't really talked about it. Maybe we'll save it for next week, too, because there, there'll be some time. But the Aaron Rodgers situation, now Aaron Rodgers coming up more, the, the, the Packers are going to trade him. Uh, that is if he doesn't retire. They're going to trade him. Um, the fit for the Raiders, I've always said it's too expensive, but if if if... If they can't get Brady, do the, is is Rodgers Plan B for you, or is it going to cost you so much in future, um, future uh, compensate? Not compensate, not only compensation, but also you're just not going to have the ability to restock that defense like you really want to, because uh, Tom Brady will take a lot less money. It's it's hard because I think Aaron Rodgers reteamed with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Wow, he's never had get- tools like that. Don't get me wrong. Adding Aaron Rodgers to your roster only improves your offense. But the problem, as you just mentioned, is we saw Aaron Rodgers go 9-8 with a decent Packers defense. Not a great Packers defense, but a decent one. And the Raiders have so many holes to fill in their defense that they're not going to be able to replenish all those spots if they have to give up premium draft capital for Aaron Rodgers and pay him top-dollar salary. So that restricts you in free agency and the draft. So you bring in Aaron Rodgers – that means you're expecting him to put the team on his back and and win scoring shootouts. Because if you don't think he's capable of winning scoring shootouts on a consistent basis, then you're mm-hmm. just you're just wasting, I don't want to say wasting money, but you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers for another eight and nine, nine and eight season because the defense is gonna be another low tier group again because you won't have the resources to fill all those holes. Yeah, I, and that's why I just don't see it happen. I not that I wouldn't love to see Aaron I like Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Me too. I I just mm-hmm. think I just think they have too many. If this team was halfway on to rebuilding that defense already, which they're not, then I would say, okay, then you might be able to to make up for it and, and do what you got to do. But the, it's just going to be so cost prohibitive. I just don't see it happening. If it did happen, I, I, I would not feel good about it. And I just don't think Aaron Rodgers, he might not have the same requirement as Tom Brady because he's a little younger, but he wants to win too. He, he, he said it. He doesn't want to go to a rebuilding team. That's not what he's about. He said it on the McAfee show. So um, that makes it hard. And I don't think the Raiders are fully rebuilding. I think they are on defense, but not on offense. So take that for what it's worth. Okay, enough quarterback talk. Well, at least from us. We're going to go to our final break when we come back here on the Thursday edition of the show. We are going to get to your mail. It's always fun times. So stick around for that. It's the Raider Nation mailbag here on Silver and Black today. You're with Mo and Scott. We'll be back right after these words. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, as we hit the home stretch, we're around the bend, heading for the finish line. Yes, we are. Mo Moten, Scott Colbranson with you. Again, please subscribe to the show if you don't already do so. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Okay, Mo, let's get to the Raider Nation mailbag. I got it right here. You can hear the card. See? Now, hopefully, hopefully, well, we, we, got, we got into some food conversation last wow. time, along with some... <laughs> dating advice from Mo. Oh, oh my gosh. Because he's Midtown Mo, so. But we don't have any of those this week. It's pretty straight this week. I don't know what happened to you guys out there. You lost your sense of humor. What What is going on? All right, here we go. Our good friend Gary Harkin Reader, of course, he writes in every show, and we are happy to read his stuff. He's got a wild one this time. He calls it a wild one. He says, hey, guys, how about this? Trade Carr to New Orleans for Andy Dalton in a third-round draft pick. Dalton's process, Orion, doesn't run. Maybe draft a quarterback, including maybe Sean Clifford from Penn State, although I think he'll be undrafted. Um, Franklin didn't ruin Clifford like he ruined Hackenberg. <laughs> Clifford is a process-oriented quarterback. He trusted the system, went through coordinators, can navigate in the pocket and throws a, knee, a nice deep ball. Ultimately, it might depend on Devontae Adams will play with. The Raiders will probably sit down uh, Devontae Adams and go over all possible scenarios. That's Gary Harkin Reader again. So the trade... Uh, Andy Dalton is a free agent, correct? Yes, he's going to be a yes. free agent. He's going to be free mm-hmm. agent, so you can't really trade for him, uh, Gary, but I get what you're saying there. I mentioned Dalton earlier in the show, um, mm-hmm. and so as a possible backup, maybe. But his point about, I want to hit on this uh, again, Gary, thank you for the note, is, and you talked about it last segment when we were talking about Brady and Rodgers and so on, Devontae Adams, now, they have to keep Devontae Adams on the plan. They got to keep him on the train saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you guys. Uh, when that conversation happens, um, do you think there's still a possibility of that going south at all? I think so. It depends on what the Raiders do. As I said in, in the earlier segment, if your plan is to start Jared Stidham or to sign Jacoby Brissett, I don't see how that makes Adams feel good about your quarterback plan. So the Raiders, this is why I say the Raiders are stuck in a very difficult position because on one hand, you want to build for the future. You want to make the best decisions. But on the other hand, you have a arguably the best wide receiver in the league still in his prime years. And you don't want to waste those prime years. And you also don't want him to want to ask, ask out after playing with a, with a backup quarterback after you got rid of his buddy. Now he's he's all about business. I get it. He understands it's a business. The car had, has to go, and they made the decision to move on. But at the same time, he's probably looking at it as, okay, if you guys aren't going to ha- bring in a, re- a respectable replacement, then what am I doing here, wasting away my best years? So it's a very odd situation. This is why I don't like the Andy Dalton type of plan because one, Andy Dalton's going to have to learn the offense, and he's a veteran. This is why to me. The quarterback pool for the Raiders is very, I don't say very small, but it's its small. If it's not a Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo, it's probably Jacoby Brissett or Jared Stidham. Mm. So, and, and if I, and even if the Raiders were trading Derek Carr to any team, I would be asking for at least a second round pick, not a third. Yeah. Why a second round pick? Because Derek Carr to me, and Jeremy Fowler has said this, I'm not, it's not just me saying this, a lot of talent evaluators out there see Derek Carr as a top 10 level quarterback. Well, if he is, and and the teams see him that way, we need at least we need a second round pick. Oh not yeah, a third. yeah. If that's if that's where he is, then yeah, absolutely, no question. All right, there you go, Gary. Thank you so much for your question, as always. All right, on to question number two, uh, guys. If the Raiders go young at quarterback, do you trade Darren Waller, or do you keep him 
Oh, sorry. I can't read my own writing. Do you keep them? Uh, that's John in San Bernardino. John, thank you, man. That's a first time uh, note, by the way, email that he sent in. Uh, Raiders go young. So, so we're, we're setting the stage here. They go young like I want them to. And um, do they trade Waller? We've talked about it. I've said that they should trade Waller if they can find a partner and get good draft capital. But at the same time, Mo, I kind of oscillate in my head to say, well, geez, whether it's Brady or a young quarterback, I might want a Waller. I know it's an uncertainty with the injury history he's had the last two years. But, man, to have that kind of talent for a young quarterback to dump the ball off to, especially underneath, would be really great. To me, it depends on the makeup of the roster. If you're in a position where you're picking between, let's say, Darren Waller or Josh Jacobs, then you trade Darren Waller if you, if you have to keep one of them. <laughs> Agreed. But, but in the best case scenario, you would try to keep all your playmakers because you said whether it's, Tom, whether it's Tom Brady, another veteran like Jimmy Garoppolo, or a young guy, you want him to have all the weapons Everything. available to him so that he yep. can succeed. Because who knows? You get a rookie quarterback, he may get you to the playoffs. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> Matt Jones went 10 and seven as a rookie in, with the new England Patriots. If, if the Raiders build a, a, a decent supporting cast around a rookie quarterback, they could still make a playoff. Run. I know it sounds far fetched because Josh McDaniels has not garnered a lot of trust from the fan base, mm -hmm. but just because you go with a rookie quarterback doesn't mean it's a lost year. And you're not going to the playoffs. If you have a strong supporting cast and that would include a Darren Waller, you can make some moves and who knows, shock some people. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers almost made the playoffs this year with Kenny Pickett. I mean, they went nine and eight. Yeah. They they missed it. They missed it by a slither because the Miami Dolphins won their game against the Jets, who who didn't have a healthy quarterback. But they had a rookie quarterback out there, and they almost made the playoffs. So I wouldn't discount a Raider team that starts a rookie quarterback. So you want to keep all your weapons, as many of them as you can. Right, and 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 you don't know rookie quarterbacks. It, it's a gamble from the perspective of it could take them a year to develop. It could take them four games. I mean, you just you don't know. So to your point about that one. Uh, but great question from John in San Bernardino. Also, the Brock Purdy story, 7-0. and I mean, if they if they don't win those seven games, they don't get in the playoffs. Exactly. So it, it's, all, it's all about the supporting cast, though, and that's the good yes. thing, and I, I know we're going to hammer this point. We've hammered this point a lot lately. You get a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on a cheap deal, it allows you to build up that supporting cast and possibly get your team to the playoffs because now you could spend a lot more on your defense. You could spend a lot more at right tackle. You could spend a lot more at guard. So that's the benefit of getting a rookie or getting a cheap guy like Brissett or Jared Stidham is that the rest of your team could take a significant leap. Yeah, absolutely. Way to answer. Okay, uh, thank you again, John San Bernardino. We move on to our next question. Got a couple left here before the show is over. This one is for you, Mo, uh, particularly. It says, hey, Mo, uh, what's your view of Hunter Renfro? I love him, but can he stay healthy with his size and now his injury history, I'm concerned, especially since they just gave him that contract extension last year. That's Alex in Las Vegas. Alex in Las Vegas, thank you. Hunter Renfro, Mo, I know how much you liked him. I liked him as a player. He's been on this show, obviously, as a contributor. Um, but the last couple of years, uh, have, have, I think the size, what he's been asked to do, has been very difficult for him. We saw him break down this year because of injuries. What's your kind of long view on Hunter Renfro on this Raiders team? I think it's a little bit of recency bias. Before this year, he mm. only missed three football games. Mm. I mean, I get it. He wasn't healthy this year. He got banged up multiple times, but I wouldn't label him injury prone yet. I think we fall into this trap of we la we 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 label a player based on what we last saw. Mm. So Hunter Renfro missed what? He missed seven games this past season. So now everyone wants to say, oh, he's injury prone. He's too weak. Can't play on this level of his size. Now, while I will agree he, he needs to bulk up a little bit, I will also say that if I'm the Raiders and I want Hunter Renfro to be a big part of the passing attack, I would take him off punt returns. Yeah. Don't, ex don't expose him to the extra hits on special teams. Just have him play wide receiver. Yes, he can bulk up a little bit, but take some of those extra hits off him that he, that he absorbs on punt returns. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that because I think the Raiders need to focus. It, it, can, it can be later in the draft or it can be undrafted free agents. They need to focus on finding some specialty uh, special teams guys, including kick return, punt return. They have to. They, they have not. Hunter Renfro, to your point, and by the way, from his rookie season, to be, to be fair, Alex, he did, he did get bigger. He bulked up and, and, and got stronger. We talked, I talked to him. I interviewed him in Las Vegas after that first season. 
uh, where he got a little banged up. He had broken a rib and all that. And he, that's what he said. He said, yeah, I got to get stronger. And I think he has. I think you know, head injuries, that's not player control. That's not your size. Head injuries happen. You can't control that stuff. Okay, so so I'm not even counting that against him. I think you're right about the recency bias uh, on that one. And 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 he is when he's used appropriately. That's the other key. When he's used appropriately, then then he delivers. And I think that they have to figure out how you use him more uh, in that way and make him successful. But I, I, I like Hunter Renfro. They're in on him. Uh, they don't have an out, I think, for two years. And so I, I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be a big part of that offense moving forward. All right, Alex. Thank you so much as well. And, on that one. and Hunter, if you're listening to the show, he's probably not. But if, just in case he is listening, we're not saying you have to come back and be have a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just no. And I have five to ten pounds of muscle, fine. But I would still, regardless, I would take him off of punt returns because again, if he's going to be an intricate part of your offense, don't expose the guy to extra hits on special teams. A lot of collisions happen on those plays, yeah. and punt returns are such a smaller part of the game now. You want to risk a key player on that in that phase. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Go get go get a young un, uh, undrafted free agent that's got some speed to do that. All right. We move on. Our last question on the day comes from Alan in Henderson, Nevada, right near the Raiders uh, training facility there. And this one also is for you, Mo. It says, "Hey, Mo, when do you think the Raiders?" are going to decide on Josh Jacobs, and what does he get? Does he get a new contract, or do you think they may franchise tag him depending on what they do at quarterback? Again, that's Allen and Henderson. Josh Jacobs, timeline, of course, patient, fans are impatient, and I understand why. When I'm a fan of a team and, and you go into the offseason, I want to know what they're doing. Uh, this, this Josh Jacobs situation, he certainly sent all the signals that he'd like to re-sign in Las Vegas. You and I both said that he was a must resign in Las Vegas. I still believe that. When you look at the timing and the structure here, does this also depend on what they do at quarterback? If they go get Brady uh, or they and they go get a couple other free agents, do you think there's any chance at tagging him? I don't think so. I think this is a Mark Davis, Dave Ziegler special like we saw last year, which is they want to take care of the guy so he feels good about where he's at and that he's part of the Raider Nation family. Ah, something we finally disagree on. I, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's prudent for the Raiders to tag him, and I ah. say that because it buys them time to see what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Because I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. But mm -hmm. let's say they do bring in Aaron Rodgers. Now you're crunched for cap space. Your you, your financial resources are depleted. So it may change how you handle a Josh Jacobs. And then if you if you can't come to an agreement, then you can make a move and, and you know he can go somewhere else. But I think the Raiders should figure out what they're going to do at quarterback before they decide what they're going to do with Josh Jacobs, simply because there are so many ways that this quarterback plan could pan out. Is it Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Jacoby Brissett or or Jared Siddham a cheaper a cheaper contract? Now if they know they're going to go the cheaper route and not spell and not spend a lot of money. Then you take care of Josh Jacobs right away. You give him the multi-year deal because your quarterback is going to need that help. But if you go for an upper echelon quarterback, then you may say, we don't want to pay Josh Jacobs $15, 16000000 million because we've, we're going to have to pay Aaron Rodgers or we're going to have to pay Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady is going to cost a lot less, but it may make you think, can we get the same amount of production or 80% of Josh Jacobs with a, a running back duo or a three-headed three-headed backfield or something of that nature, you have to balance the checkbook, so to speak. But franchise tag him doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play under the franchise tag. It just gives you some flexibility to see what you're going to do in other areas before you spend the money on a running back position where there could be quick turnover. Now, I know a lot of teams have kept their top running backs. Nick Chubb is still in Cleveland. Derrick Henry is still in Tennessee. Dalvin Cook is still with the with the Vikings, and they re-signed new deals. Typically, a team that has a top running back in recent years, they've re-signed that running back on a second deal, and I think that's the route the Raiders are going to go. But again, franchise tagging him just gives you leeway of what you're willing to spend. Are you going to come close to resetting the market at $15, $16 million, or are you going to try to negotiate him down to about $12 or $13 million? Yeah, and, and again, you have to have the, the quarterback's a more important position. It just is. And, and so, so depending what happens there, I think I'll do it. I, I think you're right. I think it makes sense, your argument, that, that they tag him. I think, though, that the way things fall, getting a young quarterback, which I'm, I'm rooting for and think that they'll do, hopefully, 
uh, is is the way, and that they'll be able to to have the money to sign Josh Jacobs if they do that. So we'll see if it all works out. But who knows? We're just two guys talking football. Because but, there, here's here's another X factor. Let's say the Raiders and Derek Carr come to an agreement and and yeah. on a trade, and they get a second round pick, and they figure, okay, Josh Jacobs wants too much and we're not willing to pay him what he's asking for because remember he said it has to make sense he didn't say he would take a hometown discount he said it has to make sense and to me what that says that business-wise has that money has to be there i'm Mm -hmm. i'm looking not to necessarily reset the market but i want to be close to the top of it top five running back money at my age at my position now he's young but running backs can come and go very very quickly in the nfl so to me i think he's going to want a lucrative deal and if you can get a second-round pick for Derek Carr, maybe you can get a top running back out of the draft at a much cheaper price. Absolutely. Oh, man, it's going to be interesting to watch. Allen in Henderson, thank you for your question. All right, well, that's uh, that's it. That's a wrap for us, man. We are done with the show uh, and and for the shows this week. I mean, it just flown by. Quickly. Or did it go slow for you again this time? No, this was pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'll tell you what that's all good stuff um mo we're going to again connect next week if there's breaking news or something like that we might see you again but until then um we'll see what happens I, we anticipate we'll start to see some movement around the nfl we'll start to see at least a lot more chatter of what's happening uh with the super bowl approaching the raiders have that date of february 15th bearing down on the Derek Carr situation we would love to wish Derek Carr the best wherever he goes and move on from having to talk about Derek Carr. So hopefully the Raiders are able to consummate either a deal or they release him on the 15th. Uh, but we'll talk about that as well. Do us a favor. If you want to be involved in the mail portion of the program, just mail us at mail at silver and black today. Email us at silver and That's mail at silver and Also subscribe to the show. Also subscribe and hit the notifications bell on YouTube. Make sure you follow Mo, Mo Moten on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at L V Goalie. Mo, excuse me, talk. I know you're going to be busy watching and covering the Pro Bowl, right? Absolutely not. I'm going to be having <laughs> tacos and a smoothie. I'm going to kick Wait a back. minute. You're, you're not going to write a game story about the flag football game? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, the I, Pro Bowl. Know, go, go ahead. I, I was just going to say. The Pro Bowl never made sense the way it was. So actually them switching it to this, I think as a fan event is great. Like not for the football, yeah. but to, right. I actually argued years ago that this was this is what they should have done. They should have moved to Las Vegas, make some sort of event out of it. Now, I don't know if the flag football and some of the others. I want them to bring back the quarterback challenge. That was fun when they did that. But mm-hmm. but they I think they're on to the right idea here. Make it as just a destination for fans who can't go to the Super Bowl because Super Bowl minimum tickets five grand. I can go to Vegas for the weekend for the game for the flag football game and the activities for less than that. So for the whole family. So do that. So I like that piece of it. It's not that I want to watch any of it, but if I was going to go to it, I think it's a good opportunity for fans to get autographs. I think they should make the players available for people. That makes sense, but clearly not something you're going to be covering for Bleacher Report. While the fans are out there having fans and players out there you know, having fun playing flag football, I'll be digging deeper into some other draft prospects. So that's how I'll be spending my time in a more uh, effective manner than watching, you know, just guys run around the grass and have fun. (laughs) That, I mean, that's great for the Manning brothers. That's great for the Manning brothers there. They have their little thing going flag football teams. That's great and everything. And I'm sure there'll be someone to break it down at bleach report. It just won't be me. Uh, Thank goodness for that. That's 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 what you call teamwork, guys, willing to take yes. the bullet for the team and, and cover that event. Because I, I don't think I've covered the Pro Bowl in over a decade. Especially if they're young out of school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's oh, usually the beginning of something. Your first six months here at Bleach Report, here you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the seniority thing. Like, look, I, yes. I did it too. When I first came in, I had to sit there and watch the Pro Bowl. I remember those years. Thank goodness I'm way past that, but... I'll leave it to the young guns to hand, handle quick, that event. Quick, true story, sports writing story. So I am, a, I am a college sports intern at the Las Vegas Sun in Las Vegas, which is the afternoon paper. used to be afternoon paper. Long story. It really is not, not much now. But anyway, the Las Vegas Sun. So I was an intern. 
So I would go in the sports department, do a lot of, if you guys, younger people won't remember this or understand it, but agate page, which was all the, 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 the stat page. Mm-hmm. You probably didn't even have to do that in college, did you? I didn't. No. Oh, okay. But you know what it is. It's the old, in the old days, old farts like me, you'd go, that's where you got your stats. You didn't go online. It was just a stat. It was all the stats on the back page, the box scores, all that stuff. So as an intern, you did that, but then they would send you get assignments, right? Ooh, I get to actually write. So they sent me to El Dorado High School in Las Vegas to cover a woman's basketball, a girls' basketball game, girls' high school basketball game. It was, and, and listen, I, I traveled with UNLV women's basketball and, and God rest his soul, my good friend, Coach Jim Bola, and loved it. I loved the girls. I loved watching the game. I loved it all. But high school basketball in Las Vegas at this point, you're talking about the early 90s. The final score of the game was 13 to 12. 13 to 12. 13 to 12. And I had to write a game story. <laughs> it's it was harder than any test I ever took in college. Like, there's no action. There's no pivotal moment. Even though it was a one-point game, nobody hit free throw. I mean, it was just, it was it was terrible. And this is why Scott dislikes the WNBA today. I think this it might be. Like a mental block there. <laughs> it brings back Woo! old memories. Yeah, old I get, wounds. I get, twi- I get twitches. I'm just start twitching. Old but, but but in college, when I traveled with UNLV, man, you know how many great games I saw and great players I saw? I mean, just girls who could shoot the lights out. I mean, it was awesome, but but not not in high school in Las Vegas. Now it's, the city's gotten bigger. It's a lot better there. A lot of influx from California. The schools are much better. So there you by go. The but way, anyway. Scott, by the way, Scott, Kenneth Park on the Las Vegas Aces. Mark Davis swinging big for stars, which means Tom Brady is next. <laughs> Look out for that. Candace Parker on the Aces, Tom Brady on the Raiders. I'm calling it right now. I'm waiting for the Candace Parker, Tom Brady poster. Yes, we'll put it on the Mm -hmm. wall right here behind on the set. Big money Vegas, I'm telling you. I I will. Hey, look, I'm not a WNBA fan. I don't watch it. I don't want to watch it. But I'll tell you, Mark Davis, he's figuring it out in WNBA. Hopefully he can figure it out in the NFL. I mean, he's getting... That's the bigger property. It makes the most more money, all that stuff. It's like, come on, dude, make your team a champion on that side. I don't know why. It's because he picked the right people. And it's probably because he doesn't know enough about the WNBA to even medal. Yeah. And so now they're winning. So you got to give him credit and all the props up to the ladies out there who now look like a super team. Absolutely. Las Vegas, I'll be watching the Las Vegas Aces come in the upcoming season. So don't worry. If Scott won't watch you, I'll, I'll throw in some support. Because that that's looks like it's going to be a championship team. That's only because he's single. Mo's got your back. Not when true. They, don't listen. Mo's that, got your back. That's where Mo's gonna. He's gonna request a credential for the Liberty game. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's dating. He's in a feud with Darren Waller because he's dating Kelsey Plum. Oh It's gonna my be gosh. a disaster. It's gonna be a disaster. All you, right. got me, you got me as a true troublemaker on the show. <laughs> All right, we are out of here. Uh, Mo, my friend, take care, buddy. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Take care, buddy. All right, there you have it. Silver and black today. Thanks for uh, it letting us go at the end there and just going on tangents. We do that sometimes. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy it. It's the off season. We don't do that during the season enough, so we're going to have fun with it, and we'll do some more this summer, I'm sure. For Mo Moten and our producer, David Stepanian, I am Scalkle Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see you next time.